Welcome to Younger Older. This is Dave Wager. Today I'm with Zach Ellis, and we're doing a podcast that we call Younger Older. You can find it at Relate365.com. Zach is a photographer, is that fair to say? That's yeah, what you do for a living? That's pretty fair. And where, where do you operate out of? All over the place. Uh, mostly Chicago, New York, Denver, D.C., Asheville, a bunch of places. Did you always want to travel? Uh, yeah, I like newness. I like I like st- like just things changing, new stuff happening. Okay, yeah. well, here's the younger, older part. I used to go to all these wor- around the world to speak and talk to pastors, Africa, South America, wh- wherever, and now I don't go anywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like... Oh man, please let me stay home. I think about that now because sometimes the pace is a little intense, and it's a somewhat necessary right now. Yeah, I think well, one day when I don't want to do it, I want to be able to have one market where I can just stay put. Yeah, well, I think in your field, if you don't want to do something, just charge like double. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. what happens is somebody will pay it, so you'll do it anyway. There we go. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, oh man, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to do it for that reason. Are you? Do you do a lot of marketing? Uh, my work is definitely involved, yeah, with marketing. I would say that I end up working with like marketing departments quite a bit. Okay, let me let me ask you this: If somebody wanted to hire you to do some something, mm-hmm. what do you do? I mean, we're talking to people who are saying, "What does he do exactly?" I mean, you just take pictures, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think with uh, I would say, at the very least, uh, with photography, you could easily say that I'm like I'm handing over like a, like a visual story, right? Like it's a it's a moment in time that you can move around, you can hold on to it, you can hand it off to somebody. It's almost like a bottled emotion if you do it right. Okay, so so you're so a company might want you to tell a story, right? Or bottle up some emotions that okay. are going to move people. Okay, and mm-hmm. so that's what you do. Yep, and you do that on film. In, or what I call it film. It's not, what is it called? Well, I do film and digital, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and film's going to have a different... Uh, do you still call it film? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's literally film, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's some old school, and that's going to have a different emotion that it pulls, right? I yeah. mean, that's going to be a different product entirely. So very quickly, how does somebody get a hold of you if they're interested in talking to you about hiring you? Uh, I mean, I get random numbers popping up on my phone because somebody that I worked with said something to so-and-so, and and then so-and-so had somebody, and they're calling me. Should should I have them contact me and me get them to you if they're interested? Of course. Okay, that's what we'll do. So if you're interested in in talking to Zach about doing something, get a hold of me at Relate365.com, and I will forward it to him so that... He can respond to you if he feels like it. We'll do some. <laughs> we'll do some awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just wondering because here we are talking. You've been on several programs, and people are going, "Well, okay, what is he doing? How do we get a hold of him if we want that service?" We could put a link into the thing so you can go check out my work and see if it's of any interest to you or not. Yeah, yeah. as if I know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank it you could very be much. Terrible, right? Yeah, yeah you got to see. It no, yourself. I don't know how to put a link in, so I'm I'm 63. Remember? There we go. Can I, I link it on here? For you I, to look you at? can. Oh, I, I can plug it. I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> I plug it. I mean, like, can it. I say the name of the thing on your podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it's oddstorycreative.com. Okay. And uh, there's a little password thing. You just put in odd, O-D-D, and then you can go in and look There you go. The Tell photos. us it again. Oddstorycreative.com, and the password is odd, O-D-D. Okay. I encourage you to check them out. I mean, that, that would be good if somebody is listening and they want to do the story. So yeah. um, have have him do it and, and tell me if you did it because I'd like to know just for the fun of it. Yeah. So you do marketing in, in some way. I mean, you may not do it overtly. Do, do most of your customers come from word of mouth? Yeah, yeah, it's relationships. Yeah, one thing happens and then somebody forwards you to somebody else and it's it's about as messy as it gets. There's no, I have no plans for it. Yeah, I do you, try. Do you know though, this is my 53rd year at Silver Birch Ranch and we really, this year is like the, 
one of the first years we've started marketing in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We, we really don't market. Mm-hmm. It's really word of mouth. People talk about it. Youth pastors talk about it, Chicago, Minneapolis, you know, even in Iowa and Indiana, and they come up and we're full. Mm-hmm. And I think I kept telling our staff through the years it, when I was in the position your dad was especially, you know, l- let's deliver what we say we're delivering. Let, let's concentrate on that and not concentrate on telling people here's what we deliver and then when they come we don't deliver it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's let's make sure we just do what we're supposed to do, right? And let's see where it goes from there. And so far, that's worked. So I'm I'm not sure how long it'll keep working, but so far, we all have those things in our lives. I think there's a couple of different, like you could call them, business gurus, like Tony Robbins, probably right. one of the best known ones. And he talks about, or no, it's not him. It's one other guy. Boy, I'm going to misquote it now. One of those dudes, right? One of those. He guys. talks about creating raving fans, right? Where you have people that that you don't have to do anything. They love your service or your product so much they can't shut up about it because it actually affected their lives in a real way. Right. And there's not that many things that actually do that for us. For right. the most part, you're just going, I got to get my gas. I got to go to so-and-so's place, whatever it is. But the things that grab you, that wake you up, that like seem to move the needle a little bit, right. you can't help but talk about it. So yeah, that seemed, I mean, that's with my photos. That's with the experience of coming to this place. If you can offer that. Well, you know what? I tell young people that all the time, regardless of what job you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain things. Make it so that whoever is your boss, if you have one, they look at you and go, I don't know how we live without you. Right. You know what I mean? It's like this person, people come in and they're welcomed by them. And they're, you know, a young person that comes to me and says, I want to, I don't know, be a welder. I say, well, you know what I think you should do? I think you should know CPR, first aid. I think you should know how to clean a toilet. Mm-hmm. And they look at me like, what are you talking about? I said, you know what? On the floor, when the bathroom's dirty, if you clean it, you take care of emergencies when they arise. Somebody's going to look at you and say, "I want this guy around." Mm-hmm. You know, don't do just the welding or whatever you're doing. Don't don't be just that guy. Right. Be the person who looks around and meets the needs. Mm-hmm. And, and before you know, it, you can still be a great welder, by the way, if that's what you're into. Mm-hmm. But what you find is that it's the intangibles that people want. They don't want just the welding skill. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to know that if a light bulb went out on the floor, you know how to change it and you wouldn't. You don't even tell anybody, you just did it. Right. And and those who don't do it, they go, you know, the boss comes in and they say, there's a light bulb out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, go change it. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't know how to screw a light bulb in? And imagine if you could actually be at a place where no matter what the task at hand is in your job, even if it's outside of your, I guess, your normal job description, if you actually, it wasn't just an affect or you were trying, if you actually felt like, yeah, cool, I'll do this because it needs to get done and you enjoyed it, regardless of any acknowledgement, if that was actually the case, wouldn't that be pretty awesome? Yeah. There's nothing then that you would face in the day that would be a bother. Because right. it has to get done, so I'll do it, and I'll be happy about it. Yep. That seems like you're kind of hacking the system by becoming a nice guy. Yeah. I, if, <laughs> if being a nice guy hacks the system. Yeah. I, I, you know, my, when I worked up here at camp, we had a lot of volunteers, as you know, come up, volunteer electricians and carpenters. And uh, when I was younger, my dad used to always tell me, you, you stand there, Dave, and you anticipate their next move and make sure they have what they need. Mm-hmm. And he told me that over and over. To this day, if I work with somebody, I'm trying to figure out what they're doing and trying to get them what they need next mm-hmm. and do it before they ask. Mm-hmm. So like if the nail apron got empty, I need to make sure it had nails in it. If I see him reaching around in there for him, I need to go get nails and put them in the apron. Right. If I, you know, regardless of what the guy was doing. And uh, my dad used to tell me as a kid, he said, that's $5 waiting on a dollar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, he said, I'm not insulting you. It's mm-hmm. just those guys know what they're doing. So if you can keep them going and they're yeah. productive, 
Mm-hmm. You're going to be worth ten dollars, you know. So I'll never forget when I was younger, growing up here, and so much of this place when we were working here, helping in all the ways right. we needed to. That was our training ground for why. Well, what is the kind of what's the appropriate work ethic? Like, right. what, what does it look like to work? And sorry, Dan Betts, but I distinctly remember thinking, like, wait a second, all I ever do is see Dan standing around or driving to another yeah, spot. Yeah. But it wasn't at all that he wasn't working. He was doing exactly what you were doing. Here I have 60 people over here raking, and I have 50 people over here, yeah. and I only got them for a day. Right. So the masterful weaving of how do I keep these people full speed momentum until we hit dinner time, where they don't even think about, oh, I don't have something to do. And that that role, that one person doing that, yeah. well, that accomplishes a thousand times more. Yeah. So, so. If, you're, if you're working somewhere, I, I encourage you, don't just think about what you're doing in front of you. Mm-hmm. Think about the whole picture. Yeah. And, and if you think about the whole picture, you'll be a better employee. The, the people that are actually signing your paycheck are going to want you there. Mm-hmm. And and that's where the growth comes, actually, down the road, because they're going to want to invest in you and have you around. And if something came up where you know they need to make decisions, you're going to be at the top of the list as far as the good decisions that need to be made. I think we got there because you asked, how do I get new work? And right. we're talking about word of mouth and if you do good work, right? So, But that's coming from a conversation about marketing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, a, the guy, the, the father of marketing is, is considered by many, if you go to school for marketing, Edward Bernays. Mm-hmm. Bernays was a, a double nephew of of Freud. I know double we, nephew. Yeah. You got to explain that. You can't just let that it go. means that his mom was Freud's sister and his dad was Freud's wife's brother. Whoa! So he's a double nephew. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, he was very influenced by by Freud. And so, if you know anything about Freud, I'm not going into Freud today. But if you know anything about him, he's interesting mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's here's what he did. He he was the guy who basically. Um, Hitler would use and other people their methods, his methods, to win and manipulate the masses. Bernays's methods. Yes. Right. Yeah. He was the father of marketing. There's no doubt of or, but what, you know what they used to call marketing? What's that? Propaganda. Right. That was the name of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't marketing. Propaganda sounded bad, and Hitler used it, so it went to marketing, advertising, whatever you want to call it today. Mm-hmm. But basically what it's doing is saying, I've got something I want you to respond to, mm-hmm. and I need to get you to respond to it, whether you want to or not. I need you to do this. So right. Hitler, mm-hmm. whether yeah, I, I'm going to be a dictator of the world and kill a bunch of Jews, but I need you to think it's a good idea. Right. Yeah. So the outcome doesn't matter, but what is the vehicle that's going to get us to point B? No right. matter if point B is terrible or not, we're going to get there. Yeah. And, right. and well, Bernays was interesting. He, his big project was getting women to smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucky Strike Cigarettes came to him one year and said, you know, we want half the population doesn't smoke. It's not cool for women to smoke. I think it was 1929, six, something. I, I forget where. Yeah. But somewhere in there. And women just didn't smoke. And Bernays said, well, they're not going to for two reasons. One, Lucky Strike cigarettes are green, and that's not an accessory women use. Number two, um, it's not cool for women to smoke cigarettes. We have to make it cool, and that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. So Lucky Strike said, well, we're hiring you to do it, mm-hmm. so get it done. Right. And he came back to Lucky Strike, I guess, and he said, uh, okay, can you change the color of the package for me? And they said, no, that's our, that's our logo. Mm-hmm. Lucky Strike green is a space. That's our logo. Right. So he said, okay, we'll have to do it another way. So he went to either Paris or wherever and went to the fashion industry and basically said, next year, you have to use green accessories on the women's clothes. Not any green. It has to be Lucky Strike Green. Right. And he did. He got them to use Lucky Strike Green on their accessories. Right. So now that color was cool. 
<laughs> then mm-hmm. he came back to New York, and I believe it was, um, <clears throat> I forget what parade it was. There's a parade going on. And, and uh, a bunch of very wealthy women were in the parade, and they were all suffragettes. They wanted a right to vote. They wanted freedom for women, you know, that kind of thing. And they're, they're some of the higher class people. Mm-hmm. He made agreement with them ahead of time that at this intersection, they would all stop. Mm. And he would hand them freedom sticks, which were cigarettes. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. renamed them. Mm-hmm. And he gave them freedom sticks and told them to light up and just take a puff right in front of the camera. Right. Within a month, women were smoking as much as men. The green was taken care of. The freedom sticks were now freedom sticks. They, they, women who smoked were believing in women's rights. Right, yeah. So he changed the whole dialogue there. Mm-hmm. And that's really the father of marketing. So we look today and people think, I get TV for free or whatever. No, you don't. There, there's really shrewd people behind all this. Oh, yeah. And way more layers involved than you would ever imagine. The science behind what grabs your attention, what holds your attention, the the different. I mean, you could bring it down, everything from the color and sound used and just on a screen to the exact texture that a Dorito chip has because it's the perfect mouth feel for whatever it is that want, makes you want to have another one. Exactly. And a scientist figured that out. But see... Like with the marketing stuff, it seems like if you could figure out a metric for like where, when it becomes marketing and when it's not necessary, I guess, is, is the thing that you're trying to have people do or the product you're trying to have people buy, is it an essential or not? Is it needed or not? Because if it's needed, whether you like it or not, you're going to figure out that you need it and you're going to have to get access to it, right? Right. Water doesn't need a marketing campaign. Right. But it has one. Right. Yeah. It's got like seven. Yeah. Yeah. But there's money involved, right? Right. Somebody slapped, now it's money and water. Now it's green water, you know? Yeah. So, so, but, but is it, I mean, they're selling like pure water and then they find out it's not even pure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they, in order to sell it, they got to make you think the stuff coming out of the tap is not pure. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it calls into question the power of story, right? right? So if marketing is a tool that you can use to make something happen or to influence sentiment towards something, then, I mean, maybe that is not inherently a bad thing itself, but how it's used, right, can be can be quite nefarious and, and yeah. evil at face value, or it could be, I think, really effective, but... I don't know if you really need marketing for something that is an essential, like that we can all agree that we need. Does it really right. need a marketing Well, you campaign? know what? I, it, when I think of marketing as far as just in, in the general, when I think of my relationship with God, marketing Christianity, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. I don't think I have to do it. See, I think what I have to do is I need to present the truth. And if you say I don't want it, I go, well, that is your problem. You know I mean? In time, if it's true, you're going to find out. Right, because it's an essential. Out. No matter what, you're going to come back around to this. But really, and really, the Holy Spirit is a marketer. I, sure. I, and He's not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So I'm done with that. I don't have to market it. Mm-hmm. I just need to present it. You know, and I don't have any pressure to sell Christianity. I, you know, some people think I got to get all these people out of hell. I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. I don't have to sell it. What I need to do is live it. I need to present it. I need to invite people. You're welcome to. But I need to let the spirit do the marketing. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the one that's going to persuade anybody necessarily. God may use me. I mean, He may use what I say, may use my story. I understand that, but it's not my business to persuade. All through the Bible, that's the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to jump ahead of God and, and market Christianity. That doesn't work. We do need to live Christianity. That's a different story. 
mm-hmm. but, but not market it necessarily. Especially if marketing is, is synonymous with adding on to something beyond what it already is. Yeah. Right? Like if it's Christianity at face value, whether you like it or not, you're going to come around to wrestling with these truths, with these struggles. Right. Uh, but if you try to layer on a little Dave on it and it twists it to be slight deviation from the truth. Absolutely. Then, well, there we go. It's not even though it might have been you might have guessed it was more helpful in the moment in the long run who knows what that does yeah how many people think that that if you come and you have a relationship with god you're in god's family that that things in life go smoothly for him just automatically yeah see but that's not how it is necessarily that isn't how it is no oh man so what you do is you you have reality hits you like in this last year my family alone we lost nate brash to cancer Uh, linda's cousin who she was close to my wife lost cancer same idea. We, we uh, my mother-in-law died just laying next to her husband in a nursing facility, and my father-in-law now can't get out of a chair. He's got Parkinson's. I would never tell somebody who's a Christian that your life is going to be simple and mm-hmm. easy because mm-hmm. that's not how it is. See, that's the marketing tool I won't use. Now, do I have hope? Yes. Do I love life? Yes. Do I have purpose? Yes. You can ask me about those things, but. I'm not trying to market that your life's going to be easier. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to tell you that you're going to be, uh, for example, the most blessed person. So a Christian might say, I want to be a Christian because I want to be blessed. Who's the most blessed person in the world, according to the Bible? Do you know? The most blessed people or person in the world? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Mary. Hmm. God makes that very clear. She's blessed among all women. Hmm. Look at her life. She got told by God when she's about 14 years old that she's going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. in a culture that would not agree with that. It's a tough sell, yeah. It's a tough one. Not only that, we know that Joseph right away didn't agree. He didn't know anything about it. So God has to send an angel to Joseph mm-hmm. and say, really, it's me. Now we're now she's the most blessed. Yeah. Now she, she grows up at a time where people are, are judging her. In fact, you look at the early Jewish stuff. They, they don't want anything to do with Mary. She's a little slut to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, she's the mother of Jesus who's blessed. She's a little slut. Right. They, they have to go to a census. They go to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. This is Joseph's family. Right. There's no room for a nine-month-old pregnant, nine-month pregnant lady who's going to give birth mm-hmm. in a family. Right. The conflation of blessed and her actual life experience is uh, adding up. Yeah. So if you want to be blessed, you need to go back and look at the definition that God says this woman's blessed and figure out what makes her blessed. Right. Because that's how blessing comes from God. Right. It calls all of it in, well, what does blessed mean then? If exactly. this is what blessed is, then what does blessed mean? In the New Testament, when Jesus is Sermon on the Mount, blessed yeah. are the poor in spirit. Oh, really? That's blessed? Yeah. So what I'm saying is very simple. I don't think I need to be a marketer for Christianity. Right. I think I need to live and say, here's what I know is real. There's a God. Dave's not him. Okay. Mm-hmm. That much I know. Yeah, I, I understand separation of sin. I understand I can be in the Bible. I can have a good discussion about those things. I can't convict somebody. Um, years ago, there was a, a, a guy that I think you actually know, but he was a student here. And he, before he left, uh, he came to my office and he said, Dave, I just want you to know I'm rejecting Christianity. I'm just out of here. And I, I remember looking at him saying, well, that's your decision. And he looked at me, that's all you got to say? I said, no, I, I would ask you one more thing. Call me in five years. Tell me how you're doing. Would you please do that? I want to see how living without God treats you. Mm-hmm. He said, you're not mad at me? Or, I said, no, I'm, I'm disappointed. But I, I, again, I'm not marketing God. You can reject him if you'd like. Go ahead. 
I'm just don't I don't think it's going to turn out well for you. Yeah. And, and so two years later, I got a phone call, mm. and he called me. He said, "Dave, I'm uh, I'm on a beach. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a sex addict. I have no job I can keep. I hate life. Mm. Could you please help me?" I said, "Well, no." Unless you're done rejecting God. I, what do you want me to do? Right. Well, now he's doing, he's married, he's walking with God. So, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, you know what, I'm not the salesman here. I'm, right. I'm not trying to get you to buy Christianity. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is there's, there's certain things that are, whether we like it or not, there, there's a God. Mm-hmm. So if there is a God, you, get to, you need to get to know him. Well, and, and for the marketing side of any of this, if it was Christianity or if it was any of the thousands of products that we see marketing campaigns for, it's a tricky thing. It's kind of this like pull the rug out from under you trick that there's there's all of the weight of the world, all of the money in the world for the marketing campaigns that would hope to make you do something. But if it isn't the right move for you, if you don't have the budget for it, or if it's if whatever it is, then if you make the decision because that marketing thing was so convinced, it did its job, it made you do the thing, but then the outcome isn't good for you, they're gone. Right. You already the, the money's gone. You have the thing. Yeah, but there are people that do that on purpose. Right. Right. Uh, right. You, were you around for pet rocks? For pet rocks. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they didn't care. Right. I'll tell you what. When I was a kid, I, back at comic books, they sold stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went to my dad. We had a, believe it or not, I grew up in an era where we had a black and white TV, no color TVs yet. Right. I mean, they were there, but not for us. Mm-hmm. And and so a back of a comic book, there was this ad that said 25 cents. Now, this is back in 1960. You know, 25 cents, you can, your TV could be color. Mm. Now, it was going into the winter, and, and Rose Bowl Parade was coming up, and I wanted to see the Rose Bowl Parade in color because, believe it or not, we used to watch it in black and white, which is not that stunning. <laughs> the parade Yeah, the parade in black and white. Yeah. So you can all figure, watch the Rose Bowl Parade in black and white and, and think about how fa- fabulous it is. Right. So my dad kind of looked at me, and he knew, you know, you really don't want to do this, son. And, and, and I said, no, I want to. I got the money. So he said, you give me the quarter. Mm-hmm. And so I gave, gave him a quarter. He said, okay, I'll write a check, you know, for your quarter and send it in. And sent it in, and I waited, you know, and I got this thing, and I couldn't wait, man. I got it in, in the mail, opened it up. You know what it was? It, it was a piece of cellophane, rainbow colored, that you taped on the front of your screen. Oh, oh my gosh. Just that, a rainbow. Just rainbow color cellophane, and you taped it on. It, you had to provide your own tape. And, <laughs> oh my, and gosh. I, my dad just laughed. It was like, son. I could have told you this wouldn't work. Nobody sells you a color TV for 25 cents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he needed me to learn the lesson. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like these guys are marketing. If you looked at the back of that comic book, I'm, it, the color, the skin was real color, the flowers were real color. I mean, everything was real, and that's what I thought I was buying. Right. Well, that's a pretty cheap, uh, that's that's a pretty sneaky one. That was a very sneaky one. Yeah, that's But, good. you know, I'm 63. I still remember it. Right. And, and now... I don't trust everything I see in the back of comic books, which mm-hmm. is probably a good idea. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know when I read a comic book last, but if I did read one. Right, yeah, I, hopefully I, we all end up in that place of not trusting comic book ads. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard. I, the thing, the funny thing is I, I really like salespeople in general because I think we all need stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's people that really know about something. Uh, yeah. There's a guy up, you know, a guy that runs a, a I'm going to mention the dealership here because I think it's great. It's Highway 52 Auto. There's a guy that, he's honest. Yeah. The guy has more business 
than anybody I know in, in auto, but he's honest. Right. So he'll tell you, don't buy that one, buy this one. You know, I mean, here's why. It, I, I've seen him charge guys very little for fixing something just because it didn't cost him much to do it. And it's mm-hmm. like he could have soaked them and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling young people, you want to be a, a successful mechanic, just be honest. Yeah. He doesn't have to market. Do good work, show up on time, and uh, and you're going to do okay for the most part. Yeah, and it might not be that sexy, right? But right. You, you're going to do okay. Yeah. Probably better than okay. Yeah. There's another guy, speaking of dropping names, uh, uh, that's been coming up to camp for, I don't probably before I even, my dad even started working here, the Georgiopoulos family. Yeah. yeah. And Dan Georgiopoulos uh, is probably one of the most like classic salesman figures in my head, but not in the way that you would think of a salesman that like salesmen can be sleazy. They right. can try to take advantage of you but he explained sales to me he's been selling insurance state farm insurance and their whole family right has been right. in that for a long time and he said that i don't think of myself as selling you anything if my product is actually a good thing that's going to benefit your life then i'm just educating you about it right and whatever right one is going to be the one that you pick because you're going to know here's a good product it fits the life my life that i know right and so it, it totally shifted the way that I saw looking at it. It's not sleazy. You're not taking advantage. It's just it takes work to actually inform somebody about some of the things that you might actually need right. or might actually help. Right. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I, I think if you're being taken advantage of, you probably don't even know it because it's done really in a, in a cool, attractive way. Yeah. And, and so you need to be a little bit more um, discriminatory in how you look at things. Mm-hmm. because we do live in a world where people would take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. You know, we had this big storm up here at camp and a bunch of trees down, and there were places where people were uh, pinned in by trees on their house. Mm. And guys walked up to the house and said, you know what, I can take these trees off. It'd be a 1000 bucks, but I need cash. Flip it through the window before I start because I want to make sure you got it. They did, and they left and left the trees on. Mm. You know, I mean, we live in that culture, too, mm-hmm. where, where people would take advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. And, and you really need to be aware of who you're talking to, uh, the reputation that they might have. And really, it takes time, like you were talking about, with your business to develop relationships with people so they know what they can expect. Mm-hmm. And, and I would encourage you as a young guy, always do what's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, always do what's right. And God put something on your heart to cut a bill or do something. Always do what's right. Mm-hmm. 50 years from now, you're going to be thankful you did that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it may not pay off today. It may mean extra work for you today, but 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we often use the wrong metric. We often try and figure it out too quickly when really we need to look at more long term and say, I'm just going to I'm going to live my life and do what's right. And, and there will be people like this one speaker used to say that there'll be people that pay me quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. And they can afford it, and they do it, and I'm not going to apologize for taking it. But there's other people that I look at and I go, you know what, I want to cut a deal for them somehow. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just going to be that kind of guy. And someone might say, why would you give them a deal and not me? It's like, you know what, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I own the business, though. And whenever I find that somebody owns a business, immediately I say, well, it's your decision to make. I mean, you own the business. There's a respect factor there. You, you own it. You can charge someone 5000 you can charge somebody 5 That's your prerogative. You own the business. Uh, the guy who's under you can't make that decision if you're hiring somebody. I mean, they have to go through you, but you can make it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't have any right to come to you and say, 
you know, it's not fair. It's not right. You own the business. I don't have to give you business in the first place. That's important to be advocating for yourself, to remember that whatever it is that's being sold to you that you're trying to be convinced of or that you're trying to convince somebody else of, you are responsible for yourself and your own outcomes, how you impact people and how you're impacted. So you got to take that into account with everything at the end of the day. Like you said, for, from, from from now till 50 years from now, there's going to be some outcomes, and which ones do you want them to be? Yep. Well, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. This is Dave Wager. I'm with Zach Ellis, and you can listen to more of these at Relate365.com. We're really a division of Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute.org.